Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello there. And welcome to episode 32 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in fantasy hockey. I am one of your hosts, Nick Costu, doing fine on this lovely Wednesday evening, alongside my good pal, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing today? Oh, Nick, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed in your antics today antics yes i i sat down to elaborate well here i am in my closet and i ask you nick what do you want to talk about today and the first thing out of your mouth is well did you hear the dallas stars got a new horse and i was just like nick what are you on about oh no a cow now it's a cow how many farm animals can one team have nick like this is ridiculous i i I was just fascinated i mean seldomly will will a team adopt a pet you know to live in the room in the dressing room and and this is this come on a cow i mean that's that's unprecedented so nick is there a jersey that gets on this cow or what are we dealing with here i don't know i have no idea i saw the one clip um they're still thinking about a name for the cow so i think it's a little too early to think of a jersey But, uh, hey, come playoff time, because we know Dallas is going to be in the playoffs now. I- I'm sure they'll have a jersey and a name and a number and everything. I mean, yeah, so, like, teams got their own things, right? The Canes had their storm surge, and, you know, now when Dallas needs to get fired up for the playoff game, in comes old Bessie there into mm-hmm. the room to make a speech. It's going uh, to be fantastic, and I, I think they're going to go all the way. Wow. Old. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. you're a Dallas hater. Reel it back. This team's going nowhere. Yeah. Anyways, f them. So um, there's been big news this week, Nick. But the you know the how I would characterize this week, if I'm honest, the calm before the storm. Mm. So many things are are just beginning to fizzle up, and uh, it's super exciting. But there have been some headlines that we'll talk about, uh, namely to start the show here. I want to talk about the debut of Quinn Hughes, or as the O-Dog likes to call him, the Paperboy. Paperboy, Paperboy, always back that Paperboy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Paperboy, Paperboy, always getting Paperboy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker. Wow, what an entrance. Wow, what are you listening to over there, Nick? Come on. Hey, that's, <laughs> the ofi- that's the official Quinn Hughes theme song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just right on <laughs> cue, eh? Did you have this loaded right up or cue. something? Oh, I had it loaded up and ready to go just for the, all week. I've been planning this. All right. So have, I'll tell did, you, I, I have seldomly, I've barely watched this guy play, 
but the second I heard he was called the Paper Boy, I just had to load that song. <laughs> and it's such a it's such a fitting name too. As O Dog described it, he said, "You know, when you uh, when he walks in the room, you think who in- who invited the damn Paper Boy here." But uh, he said <laughs> later on, he said, "When you see him play, you kind of it kind of clicks in. You go, oh, this guy's a player." But uh, I know you didn't you didn't watch the game, did you, Nick? Or you didn't, did you see the highlights at least? Yeah, I saw the highlights. I've been seeing some other highlights coming from the San Jose game. Uh, not so much the game on the weekend, but the first and the third game, I definitely got to look at at least some plays that he made, especially mm. that first game. There, there, were, there was some flash in that game, if I may say so myself. Yeah, I'll mainly talk about that first game simply because, I mean, he's been relatively quiet since then. And man, after after watching this first game, it's like, all of the slumbering Canucks fans have crawled out of the woodwork and made just a bunch of noise because they are pumped. You should have seen the the social reaction, Nick, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. People were having a fit over this guy because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Nick, he lived right up to the, to the billing that everyone kind of pumped up for him. He gave him kind of a taste of a little bit of everything, and that's the good and the bad, Nick. Uh, we saw some silky skating. I mean, you could you could see that on that uh, just gorgeous assist he had, where he was behind the net, deked out that defenseman using the the back of the net there, and then just kind of went uh, went heel to heel and just popped right out in front. So the the skating was on display, the creativity was there, and that was all highlighted, Nick, by one of the nicest, most dynamic three on three lines we've seen all year. Uh, we had. Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, and Elias Pettersson. Now this is this is how you know this this coach is just like, yeah, we're out, uh, we're we're not making the playoffs here, but let's give the fans something to cheer for because holy shit, this was just skill meets skill meets skill. It was unbelievable to watch these three in action, and and I'm telling you, the the all the Canucks fans all at once jumped out of their seats and said, you know what? This has all been worth it all these years because we're in for a, a hell of a ride. Now, I, I mentioned the bad things too, Nick, and our, your boy Pierre Maguire pointed out quite uh, quite adeptly, uh, he showed his defensive lackings. I mean, let's just highlight a couple pieces here. He's not good at controlling the cycles in his own zone, let's be, let's be fair. He's not going to body guys off the puck, and he's not going to clear the front of the net so his goalie can see, see shots, so... You know, it's a give and take with this player. This is kind of what we were expecting. Uh, he's got, I mean, look back to the draft. His talent level is a is a top three, top four talent level, but it's these defensive shortcomings that made him drop to where where he was taken. So, man, it's just it's great for those Canucks fans to be excited. But uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, you almost look at the guy, and you almost think, would you just put him on forward? Like, mm. what is this guy doing on defense? I, I simply don't understand. I'm sure he, he can rock a breakout, like, you know, skate it out, uh, sh- shoot it up uh, shoot it up the ice. But, man, I mean, I'm just picturing myself in a playoff series. And, you know, things get tough. Things get uh, heated, especially down low when you're hemmed in. This guy's going to get eaten up. It's not like he's, well, the O-Dog said it. He's the paper boy. He's just a wimp. He's a wimp out there. He's so small. He's like a little boy, and he's like nineteen or twenty. You gotta be start. You gotta start putting on some pounds here. This this is, this can't go on. But just I'm um, still, 
the the skill that the skill was there very impressive and and people are fired up man i'm telling you call calder um calder pick for next season maybe maybe calder pick him and his brother are gonna fight for it yeah it'll be a tough race but i i don't know i i think given the nature of the nhl where the game has gone how it's changed uh, the reality of you know you can be an undersized defenseman, a, an undersized puck moving defenseman, where skills are, where where skating is your calling card, and and you will have your fingerprint on the game a lot more, you know, prevalently than had this been five ten years ago, where defensemen like this weren't that highly regarded. So as much as you can say, hey, you know, he wears number forty three anyways, may as well toss him up on a forward line. He practically looks like a forward the way he's skating around. Yeah, I mean. I don't I don't I, I don't I don't buy it. You need puck movers on the back end. They don't have it really. I mean, Alex Edler's your best defenseman. I wouldn't consider him a puck moving defenseman. He's a he's a stopper. That guy breaks cycles, he hits. He's he's a defenseman's defenseman. Yes, he can play on the power play, but let's face it, they don't have a true quarterback. And I think this is what Quinn's gonna provide you with in the short time I've seen him play. So yeah, I mean, I like him on the back end. I think next year it's going to be a blast, you know, getting to see him actually put a whole put a whole year under his belt. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough race. You're going to have Jack there. You're going to have a, a plethora of other rookies making their debuts. But, uh, you know, yet another strong, strong star, young star developing there in Vancouver. And, you, you know, you had Pat Pedersen this year he might be your rookie of the year i know we'll get into awards later in the show you're gonna have quinn being in the running for rookie of the year next year i mean this is this is this this is great on top of horvat and besser i mean finally you finally see a a plan in place for this for this vancouver team uh we should mention the calder trophy for next year is already taken by mccarr let's not Mm. kid ourselves here nick we totally forgot the Hughes brothers can go take a fucking walk. They're not beating Makar out for rookie of the year. No chance. No chance. Well, what's, what's that? What's that? Pierre said he said Qu- Quinn Hughes is an all star. Kale Makar is a superstar. Is that I, right? I think he said Quinn Hughes is a star. Kale Makar is a superstar. <laughs> Just like <laughs> yeah. Just got shivers down my spine there. But Nick, I'll I'll be honest with you. Maybe I'm stuck in an old mindset. But I, I just, I don't like a defenseman if he can't, I almost want my defense to do, he has to be able to be a, a force back there in, in a slight way. Like you don't have to be like a, a Shea Weber, but I want you to at least be able to handle yourself physically. And I don't know how like a Sam Gerrard or a Quinn Hughes, how these guys are going to, these guys are going to fare in, in the long term. I just, I mean, you look at Victor Mete. I mean, he's he's had his problems, but he he can outskate his most of his problems. But, you know, I, I'm stuck in this old mindset where I, th- I think you at least have to be, you know, 5'11", 6' with, with some decent weight on you to to really be an effective defenseman. But who knows? Maybe well, he's got, he's got room to grow. I mean, let's face uh, it. I mean, you're, you're frame, not going to get though, your man, man muscles small. until you're like 23. You know, well, I mean, he's got he's got tons of year development still to go. I wouldn't be looking at his, you know, the way he's looking right now and go, oh, that's how he's going to look for the rest of his life. That's the same thing people are saying about Pedersen. They're like, how's this kid looks like an alien? This kid, this kid shouldn't be playing. How's how's he doing this? He's still got room to grow, just like Quinn's got room to grow. Mm, Yeah, I guess so. I just uh, 
I just I I'd, I'd hold off reservations on the whole. This kid's not built for the NHL until they get to that. You know, their prime years, age twenty five, twenty four, twenty five. Well, I just I don't know. Yeah, I, it's just look just, at Stamkos. When Stamkos had his first year in the NHL, they looked at him. They said, "This kid's a shrimp. This kid well, shouldn't be playing." His coach called him out. Said he's never going to play in the NHL. That, hmm. that 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 was that was the that was the quote on Stamkos. And look where he is now. No way. Who said that? They took uh, it him was their, first uh, overall. It was their head coach at the time. Yeah, Ooh. it was their head coach. Um, Tampa? Yeah. They yeah. took him first overall. What's he saying that for? There's no way he said that. No, you got to read you got to read about this, Kyle. There was a lot of drama between um between uh Barry Melrose, Barry Melrose and Steven Stamkos. You should google that mm-hmm. after the show. There was a Maybe lot of controversy there. Maybe I will. But I, yeah. th- another point I'm I'm just trying to make is like you know you watch you watch Makar highlights and you got all the fancy stuff but you've also got some pretty big hits in there too like at least this guy can can handle himself physically which will aid in in when he does get placed into the into the lineup later on in a couple weeks and we'll we'll get to that later but just on that little segue Nick we we need to talk about this Avalanche team one of the gutsiest clubs in the National Hockey League there was a tweet <clears throat> there was a tweet just as the the other game oh, what was it Colorado versus Edmonton just the other day Adrian Dater who's the BSN Avalanche podcast uh, host and he's like he's like the Avalanche guy on on social media he was he was pretty negative on the team when they went down to nothing he's like the Avalanche lack killer instinct and it's been like this for 10 years and then what happened Nick what happened? Uh, we had Nathan McKinnon happened. He just came in, smashed through the zone, and, and put one in for it to make it 2-1, and the rest is history. They went on to win 6-2. Now, this team has done nothing but uh, astonish in the last 10 games when, I mean, ten a couple weeks ago, they found themselves out of the playoffs, and, and it didn't look too good, Nick. And then we had Philip Grubauer just put on a show for the last like dozen games it, it's been quite uh quite a show I, i'm even going to go as far as to say is behind mckinnon landeskog and ranton and philip grubauer is is your guy on why you are where where you are in in uh, avalanche land this guy's been absolutely amazing and they've pretty well officially punched their ticket to the dance now what do you think of the avalanche well i'm gonna i'm gonna stay out right i got this wrong Yes. Where's your Minnesota I, team? Well, I, I, Where I, I are they? Them all year. Well, hey, hey, I had uh, Colorado all year. I, I had Colorado all year. No. I, I, I was on this show. I was talking about how great they were when they were playing that game against Tampa. I was with them until the very end. And then when we last did our predictions, you know, a couple weeks ago with about 10 games left, I, I sensed a bit of complacency. I sensed a bit of, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not trying real hard. There isn't a sense of desperation here. Mm. And and I got it wrong. The way uh, the way you know Jared Bednar has has kept his players alive and has kept his players awake during this time, and and the way they've persevered through these injuries to Landeskog and Rantanen, it, it's really something to behold. And 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 the Philip Grubauer stepping up mm. and 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 making his case for being the starter there full time in Colorado. Unbelievable! It's, it's it's all it's all culminated. All these pieces have, have come into place, 
and, and, and have willed them into a playoff spot. They've basically clinched, as you said, with Arizona losing last night um, to the Kings, the lowly Kings. 3-1 oh, on brutal. Uh, I, watch, I watched the end of that game. I was listening to the Paul Bissonette feed, and, and they were not happy, those Coyote fans. No. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a rough time for them. But with Colorado, back to them, like I said, great story. They deserve it. They should be there. They should have been there all year. They, there should never have been a doubt about this team, let's face it, the way they had that hot start going into Christmas. Oh, I mean, yeah. going into Christmas, this team, it was a it was star-studded lineup. They had a gap between them and the last playoff spot. This this was not necessary, but, you know, they had to get kicked in the butt a little, and, and, and now, now they're where they should be. And if you ask me, I think this is a sleeper pick to make a run in the playoffs, especially Ooh. with a first-round matchup, which right now looks like it's going to be against the Calgary Flames. Now, I want to I want to get into that just real quick, but I, I got to say they haven't just mostly cl- clinched that playoff spot, but Ottawa has clinched last place. No matter what happens, Colorado will have the best lottery odds. All right, let's settle, settle down now. The best lottery odds. The lottery hasn't even happened yet. Hey, the lottery is on Tuesday, Nick. It's let's in see what six happens. Yeah, let's wait till Tuesday. Then we can have this conversation. No, I'm just saying they have the best odds. All like right. Ottawa cannot doesn't get matter. out. Doesn't of Doesn't mean place. anything until you get the until you get the balls to roll in your favor. Oh, it means a lot. It means the worst, the absolute worst you do is fourth overall, and that's amazing. It's that's fantastic. Good. So this this team's just on all highs right now. All highs. Now um, we got to say it. It's looking like. Pretty well guarantee unless Dallas does something absolutely crazy uh, and, and shits the bed that it's going to be Calgary versus Colorado. And both of us have expressed our concerns about this this Calgary team uh, and whether they're actually built and they, they're showing what they actually are. And uh, I think you and I see eye to eye when I say this. Uh, are we sensing a, a bit of an upset here? We got 107 points. In, in Calgary here, in on this team, in, in all in all manners of speaking, this is an absolutely elite team. They're second in the, I think they're second in the whole NHL in terms of points. Why 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 is this such a dark horse to to lose the first round? Nick? What what are we seeing here? Well, to me, it's it's this tandem and goal where seemingly one guy can't get control of the crease. I mean, one guy goes on a streak. Then he falters. The other guy goes on a streak. Then he falters. No one can solidify their spot in goal. And when you go into the playoffs, unsure who you, who your number one is, uh, I mean, I think it just sends a a feeling of nervousness through the entire lineup, where where you don't know who's playing behind you every night, and you don't know who's going to show up. The good Mike Smith, the bad Mike Smith, mm. the good David Riddick, or the shitty David Riddick. I mean, it's it's a wild card, and 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 that that's worrisome to me. Um, I don't care how great that defense is. I, I do believe that is a top five defense in the NHL. Uh, and I do believe that's a very well-coached team. Billy Peters has, has really, uh, you know, felt had his, had his, you know, effect on that team. And I, and I was predicting that I had them making a good run in the regular season. And then that forward line, that first line is as good as anyone's first line. But, uh, you know, I don't want to show my cards too much this week. I think we save a lot of that for next week in our conversation. But all I'm going to say is I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of pundits, you hear them, you know, when they make their predictions for this series, saying Colorado is going to upset them. I, I, I just, I would not be surprised. 
Wow, Nick. Wow. I I did a little bit of, you know, looking into the numbers on this team and they're really, I think they're top seven in scoring goals in the, in the league. And I think they're bottom 10 in, in allowing goals. And we mentioned they have a great defense and I totally agree with you. So it just goes to show that that goaltending is a huge soft spot on them. And then, you know, add, add in, add in the fact that Rantanen is going to be back and, and you, you know, you'll get perhaps maybe a Kale McCarr boost, whatever that means. Like he might not play at all. He might play a little bit he might play a lot but I mean Colorado's coming in with low pressure uh the pressure is squarely on Calgary so it, it has the makings of a, of a very interesting series and I think I like the chances of uh of an upset here but well again you said it we'll we'll get into that a little bit uh hey Kyle what Calgary is the eighth best team in goals against average goals against yeah I was uh, I was more looking at goals against per game. Goals against yeah, goals per against, game. Goals against per game. They're they're eighth best. Calgary. Oh, their list was going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, and they're second in goals for. So simmer down. This team's excellent. This team is not good. What? This, I I I just don't have any faith in this team. Second most points in the league, and you have no faith in them. Oh, a lot of smoke and mirrors going on here. Johnny Gaudreau? No, he's not going to lead anyone to a playoff series. Come on, Nick. Johnny Gaudreau. He's been, he's been there before. He's, he's led them through a playoff series against Vancouver. He did that just three years ago. Why not uh, again? I don't know. That's the thing. that that's, They've been really inconsistent, that top line. Like, one, one day you have, oh, Johnny Gaudreau hasn't scored in so many games and then he's putting up six points and now they're in the dumps again and, and they're shaking up all the lines i think yeah hey I'll, I'll tell you what though i would if i'm on the opposite opposing team i do not want to play matthew kachuk in a oh, playoff series of course that guy colorado doesn't have a matthew kachuk i'm sorry mm. you can look top to bottom they do not have a guy who plays like him who's got the character of him that guy might be the x factor in that series and, and, and I mean that sincerely. That guy can get under the skin of a player as good as anybody in the league. You know, you want a guy to shut down that McKinnon line? Matthew Kachuk. Mm. I, that's the one thing I'm worried about here, Nick. That's the one X factor that I think could ruin this whole thing. Because I'm really scared to play this guy. But, you know, you never know. Hopefully, uh, there's there's some toughness on the back end through Eric Johnson and Zadorov that can settle things down. But uh, it's a really good point. He's he's scary. He's going to be a beast in the playoffs. But we we'll move on, if that's okay. No, like I said, I think it's best we save most of the discussion for for the next week. Next of week's course. bracket unveiling. And as you know, I'm notoriously excellent at bracket choosing. Yes, yes. I was going to preface that, but Kyle what? is amazing at the brackets i mean if you got money if you're putting money on this i you gotta wait till next week till we till kyle unveils his bracket because he might win you a lot of money i'm notoriously bad at picking brackets i mean the, the way i sum it up is kyle's the better evaluator of teams and i'm the better evaluator of individual talent i think that's fair to say nick i i don't even know if that's fair to say to be honest i, I win because... fantasy every year no but i suck at this bracket you, you don't know where i'm going with this is that <laughs> I tend to just choose the teams that I like, and they just happen to be good teams. That's bullshit. Like, I, I just choose Pittsburgh every year, and then they just <laughs> end up winning. 
So I don't think I won last year, but the last like two years before that, of course I won because they Pittsburgh won twice. But you know, maybe I'll make it a bit more sensible this year, but probably not. But uh, I'm I'm really excited for brackets. My gosh, especially with all this March Madness thing things going on, it's like mm. yeah, just give me give me the NHL playoffs. Bracketology. Here. Exactly. So a quick word on Victor Hedman, who's out day to day. Upper body injury sustained against the Washington Capitals. Um, yeah, he he wasn't present for the Montreal game the other day, and there, it's been a bit of a mystery, this injury. They're not really saying too much about it, uh, which is, makes a lot of sense. And, of course, I think they're going to, re- like, whether he's good to go or not, he's going to be rested until the start of the playoffs, and he will be playing in Game 1. Oh, that's, that's 90%. So whether he's going to be fully healthy in Game 1 is, is a whole nother story, but... Uh, it's something we should keep our eye on because, I mean, he's super important. Like they were saying on radio, you take Hedman off that blue line, and you're not, you're not killing it on the blue line in Tampa when you take Hedman away. It it just doesn't look as nearly as scary as it should. And the same can be said for Toronto in, in uh, taking Riley out. Like I think if you lose Riley, Toronto is just sunk. So Hedman's definitely very important there. So we'll keep our eye on that, but. Nick, we got to get into the Habs here. Just uh, the team that never quits. Now, I, it's it's funny. I should I should say this before I, we get into this topic because you know we're both avid listeners of TSN Radio. Now, if you go over to TSN six ninety Habs Radio, the last week has been nothing but a cesspool of negative energy, man. Like, I, I can't even tell you. I can't listen to this stuff because all they do is mope and say, yeah, we're probably not going to make the playoffs, but good job last night. Like, it's just awful to listen to, man. Like, I don't know if you've uh, you've seen it, but nobody has a whole lot of faith in the team over there. I mean, hell, even the Toronto radio guys have more faith in the Habs. They're willing to put a stake in the ground and saying, you know, I'll I'll put my faith in these guys. It's just brutal what what you listen to over there. Well, I don't blame them. I mean, given what they've been through these last few years, I mean, either they're not making the playoffs and it's a debacle like a few years ago where they, you know, they just finished third, third last and they drafted Kokanyemi. I mean, that's how low they were just a year ago. And then you look at their past playoff series. I mean, losses against the Rangers, uh, losses against Tampa. I mean, it's always first round or first and second round and bust. I mean, I think there's merit for there to be a cesspool of negativity in 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 that in that province. And uh, I, you know, I I don't blame them given being there. Just it's just like the Leafs being down on their team when you're losing against the Bruins every year. I'm and I'm not I'm not too surprised to hear that. But man, I I think today after that win against Tampa. I think that that negative energy is kind of taken a 180. I I, I, I sense a, a bit of optimism. They're now tied with Columbus for that final playoff spot, that elusive playoff spot. And you saw a character win. Even what I can only define as a character win against Tampa last night. Oh, I mean, the crowd was into it. When Armia scored that second goal, I mean, the great Mitch Melnick said that was the loudest the Bell Center was all year. When he wow. banked that puck off young Eddie Pasquale and into the net. <laughs> I mean, the Domi goal, the fourth one where he just comes in and boom, wrists it by Eddie. I mean, it was oh, just, it just great. And, and, and if I was listening to the radio calls this morning and, and just 
the 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 radio announcer for them was so much life, so much energy energy in his voice. I'd never heard that before for the Montreal radio guy. It was just for a Leaf fan, it's a pleasure to watch. It's a pleasure to listen to. I want them in. I want two Canadian teams representing, you know, each conference, the East and the West. And uh, you know, we've made it known we'd love to see Joe Drow get a rematch against Tampa. <laughs> I I'd, I'd love I'd love this team to make the playoffs. I love the energy in the Bell Center. I love the character on this team. Guys like Max Domi have won over my heart. I, I love that player. Yeah. Um, guys like uh, what's his face on the fourth line? No, I, I um, want I want to do that one later. G- give me let me let me handle that one. I, I mean, there's just so many. Guy. There's so many players to like on this team. There, from both a character and playing standpoint, there's just there's just too much to like. I don't care who you are. If you're any Canadian fan, any Canadian hockey fan, you need to be behind this team right now. You know what? The Montreal's relentless energy last night—they made Tampa Bay almost look like shit. Like, have you ever seen a defense look slower than last night? The way the way Montreal was skating and just relentless effort, it it, it made Tampa Bay look like a bunch of goofballs. And relentless I don't know, effort and, relentless. and a distressed a distressed looking John Cooper the whole night. Oh, I, I, oh, he was, I, I rarely ever see that man distressed. Like he was holding chomping. in a shit, chomping like he that just, gum he just like crazy. Bad the whole night. Absolutely, and best player on the ice for me, Nick Nate Thompson. He was magical he was the mm-hmm. absolute prototypical fourth liner and you know what this makes you know it's just another credit to mark bergevin to go and pick this guy up you talk about heart and and character this guy you can you can put him right beside uh brendan gallagher for for those traits and it's just like I didn't. I didn't know you could find another guy like that. But this guy wanted to win more than anybody on the ice last night. It was unbelievable. I didn't know he could skate, but he was. He was moving the best he could. He got that that opening goal for them. It was unbelievable to see this guy work, and he just he would not lose a battle. It, it was. It, he was an absolute warrior, and uh, and you know what? It's it's hats off to Mark Bergevin again because he made a hell of a move to pick this guy up for basically nothing. It, it's it's incredible and then like domi was relent like this this team like it was like a machine out there they just would not quit i don't know i don't know about jojo out there he had a pretty good game but uh you know there's there's a character to this team now there's a style there's a feel there's a tone and i think if they keep this going you you can win these last two games and and give yourself a hell of a chance but see that's the problem here nick it's it's sad to say but even if you win these two games and they're going to be tough games you still need help from the other two teams you need someone to lose you need columbus or carolina to to blow it which sucks it just you feel like the the canadians don't deserve this especially if they beat washington and toronto they don't deserve this but it's it's the reality and uh you can just focus on what you have to do and and hope that uh the other two teams find a way to stumble well it's been much debated who do you if you're a team trying to get into the playoffs who do you want to play right now in these last few games do you want to play a contender 
who maybe isn't playing up to snuff, you know, who doesn't have anything to play for. I'm talking the mm. Leafs of the world, the San Jose's of the world. Or do you want to play these teams who are down in the bottom of the pits who've got nothing to play for? They're playing with house money and, and they're basically just playing spoiler every night. And yeah. a large number of pundits out there are saying they'd rather play those contending teams. And mm. if you look at the schedule right now, it's Carolina and it's Columbus who've got to play those teams that are out of it. Um, we're talking Ottawa, Rangers, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Nothing yeah. to play for. They're just going to go out, play loose. I mean, when you play loose, you could either let in 10 goals or you could score 10 goals in a given night. I mean, that that's the reality of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've seen this before. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Columbus goes into the Canadian Tire Center on Saturday night. Duchesne and Zingle, they need to win on home on their old home soil, and, and they blow it. Don't and, you and dare. And Ottawa runs over them. We've, I was <laughs> there. I saw the Leafs get blown no. to bits. Oh. I saw the Leafs get blown into smithereens against Ottawa in the Canadian Tire Center. They just did it again this past Saturday. I know they don't have Garrett Sparks, Columbus, but I'm just saying I'm scared of that Ottawa team when they're at home. They just have an ability to upset you. And, and the Rangers are the same in Madison Square Garden. So if I'm looking at the schedule, I'm not one of those people who are going, oh, uh, Montreal, they've got to get past the Capitals and Leafs. Oh, and Columbus, they've, they're they just playing these lottery teams. I don't think there's merit to looking at it that way. I think all these teams mean something, and every game is going to be a challenge. Wow. Did you just create the best storyline of the entire year? Let, let, let's frame it here. Yarmo Kekalainen goes all in and, and scoops up uh, some of Ottawa's best players. His team rumbles and stumbles into the final game of the year, and then he gets back into Ottawa, where the Ottawa Senators take advantage of Duchesne, Dezingle, Panarin, and all these idiots and knock them out of the playoffs. Nick, that's the best storyline of the entire year. That would be unbelievable. I can't believe it that we're in this scenario, but I think you make a good point with the whole, you know, the top teams aren't, aren't giving it uh, 100%. You know, there's going to be some resting there. There's going to be not much to play for psychologically. What I think it does, I think it makes it an even playing field. I think it brings the top teams down to down to even, and I think it brings the bottom teams, as you mentioned, the spoiler alerts up to even as well. So I think... When all is said and done, it is going to be so 50-50 whether this comes to fruition for the Habs, but there's a chance. And uh, and I think all it, yeah, it's going to be awesome to watch. What I will say is, and especially with that Columbus loss to that, the blowout to Boston, what is going on with this team? Is there not a dressing room problem? in columbus that you can't strap on your well boots. Hey, hey, hey i know you're trying to stir up some shit here because i'm trying some to guys you don't like on that team you're trying to stir up something and i can sense it no i, I but, i'm but, just but, spewing facts what are you here. saying they they don't have a how do they not have a consistent effort to 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 get Kyle, it going that's against a good boston. boston team i mean apparently they just got healthy they got a bunch of help on defense back the other night that was their first game in a long time they've had their full stanley cup playoff lineup on the ice and, and, and to me, from what I heard, it was more so Boston imposing their authority and, and their game come playoff time against the Leafs instead of Columbus, you know, laying an egg. That, that's the sense I got. 
I don't give a darn about that. I I look at Montreal put on their best face against the the best te- the best team and potentially of all time in the NHL. And and you're telling me this super- without Hedman though and Vas- oh, Vasilevsky. Yeah, still though, still that, those are big pieces. It's still it's still Tampa Bay and they made Tampa Bay look like a bunch of morons. Now you're telling me Columbus with this star-studded roster on paper should be able to compete with Boston gets blown 6-2. I'm sorry, but if they brought the Habs effort, there's no way they lose that 6-2. They just couldn't do it. They just couldn't consistently work together and uh, work for the same cause. I mean, it's it's not the same kind of character as in, as in Montreal dressing room. It's just not. There's no way this team gets blown by Boston if if they're if they're all playing their game. It's just something's wrong here. I I can't put my finger on it. So you think Montreal's going to will their way to the playoffs through their character, which is something that Columbus is lacking at the moment. Is that what you're saying? I think I mean character's one thing, but it seems like they've all bought into this mentality which is we're going to outwork we might not be the most skilled team, but we're going to outwork any opponent here. And I, do, I don't see that kind of buy-in from Columbus. They just seem to... I it, I get the sense that I don't know what Columbus I'm going to see. Like, I, I can pretty well tell you we're going to see a, a very, very uh, relentless Montreal team in the next two games. I have no idea what we're going to see from Columbus. Just not a clue. I mean, this this team looks like it takes teams lightly, like Ottawa. They're, they could easily fall victim to that with the... With the egos in that room, Duchesne's going to walk in there. Yeah, this team's a joke. Fucking Marty Ramon. Yeah, this, this is going to be easy, boys. Like, I could just totally see this scenario where they're like, yeah, we go, we have a cakewalk. And then they get upset and, and, and stars, starstruck by Brady Kachuk flying down the wing. I could see it happening. This this Columbus team, they don't listen to this coach. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this. I, I, I love the roster. Like I said, this team is going to be a beast in the playoffs if they figure it out. But I don't know what we're going to see. Marty Ramond. No, that's fair. I, I'd love to see Marty stick it to Duchesne. <clears throat> oh, last could you night imagine? Of the NHL season. The, the power play lights up Columbus. Oh, oh be my great. God. Great storyline. And then, and then everyone pulls back the video and it just rewinds the Duchesne clip. Marty Ramond, I haven't listened in weeks. This is going to be outstanding, Nick. I can't wait for this. I might watch that game and not watch any other game that night. Right. You're gonna. So you're you're saying you'd rather watch on a Saturday night, seven o'clock. You'd rather sit down and watch Columbus Ottawa than Leafs. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, that's <laughs> especially if Montreal is like in the thick of it. They they we they beat Washington. Man, that game. I'm gonna get so loaded for that game. Wow, what a what a feeling! Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Now we we owe it to our listeners and ourselves in this country to talk about Toronto a little bit. Now it's not like we've gained any more answers than what we've had in the last couple of days. I mean, it just seems to be more questions, if anything. Nothing is really cleared up. Uh, they haven't found their rhythm. We we've seen Freddie Anderson take a an ice bath. Whatever that does, like you see him submerging his whole body in ice, and uh, and it has me worried, Nick. Now, what are your thoughts on this team? I, I know, at the end of the day, I know it's what it's going to be. There's not going to be answers until game one. But uh, has anything really changed in your mind or piqued your interest for Toronto? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to be cautious when you look at their record this past week uh, since we had the last episode. I mean, the reality is you played a game in Ottawa, which you, you lost. But again, Garrett Sparks was in net. And you just played a game against Carolina the other night where you lost. But again, Garrett Sparks was in net and, and seemingly, you know, served up the win to, uh, to Carolina with a silver platter. I mean that 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 it's been it's been known. I don't need to talk about it anymore. I've gone off on this player enough uh, that you know he should not be in the NHL at the moment. Trash. And um, he he you cannot read into this team's success and the numbers of this team when this man is a net. It changes the whole complexion of the whole team, how the whole team plays from top to bottom. And I think you saw that with the Islanders. The Islanders game was the best effort I've seen from the Leafs arguably this this entire year. Um, you had a character check. I remember us talking about the Tavares return a month ago and saying when they go back a month later to, to, to that same barn, I know the same energy is not going to be there, and it sure wasn't there this past Monday. But the reality is there was still some adversity they had to face. The crowd was still getting on Johnny T, and, and they willed themselves to a victory with, with, with Tavares scoring the game winner with a slick wrist shot over the shoulder of Robin Leonard. And it, and it was great theater, and it was a great result, and it feels like the the book is closed on that whole Tavares saga for the interim, and and he's gotten the final laugh, and and the rest of the team supported him. They came to play. I thought they played away from the puck as good as they've played all year. They seemed defensively aware. They outshot the Islanders in every period of that game. Um, they 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 took the life out of the crowd. They played a perfect road game, a road game you're gonna have to play come the playoffs in the TD Garden, which is yet another tough arena to win games in come playoff time. So mm. I was very, very proud of their game. I think Callie Rosen fit in admirably. You know, I think a lot of Leaf fans, including myself, have been waiting for him to kind of replace Martin Marinson in, in that sixth slot. And, and they're still going to get Jakey Gardner back. So, I mean, I just all I do is I ignore the Saturday result. I ignore the Tuesday result. I see the game against the Islanders. When they've got their goalie, their star goalie in net, and the rest of their team on the ice, and they put together a complete performance that I expect them to put together come playoff time. So me, not so worried after that game Monday night. Mm. But you're not you're not upset that they turned around and just shit the bed on in Carolina. It's it's Sparks. Did you see those goals, Kyle? They should have won that game. The reality is they 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 scored the first goal in that game. It got overturned on a on a offside, I believe was the call on the Way William offside. Nylander goal. Way offside. And yeah, but the reality is they they had the momentum there and then it got swapped with the with the challenge by Roddy Brindamore. And then Sparksy, the next two goals just they cannot go in. Those those goals cannot go in. And if they don't go in, the Leafs are right in that game. And, and they outshot Carolina. They did everything right. And they were the tired team playing on the back-to-back. I, you know, I, I don't read into that result what the scoreboard says. I mean, I, I, I just don't. Garrett Sparks should not be in this league. Even the even the Jordan Stahl shot, I thought he should have had, too. From yeah, top, from 25 feet out. You got to have that. Yeah. Um, You're not, but, but come playoff time, he's not going to be in that. You're going to have Freddie no. in that. And I know he's been shaky of late, but he put together a very, very solid performance against the Islanders. And and they're going to give him, they're going to reward him with two starts this the next two games here against Tampa and Montreal, which are going to be huge. And I think after those games, I and if anything, Kyle, let's just say this. 
the true evaluation of this team heading into the playoffs will be these next two games because they're going to have their full lineup. You know, likely Gardner's going to get in there for at least one of those games. And yeah. and you'll finally be able to cross your hands, put your thinking cap on, and say, okay, that's the Leafs I'm going to see against the Bruins. I sure hope you're right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Starting off against Tampa with this this uh, these last two games is going to be interesting. But uh, we should note that uh, John Tavares hit a major milestone here. Do you know what it is? No. It's it's going to surprise you. I, I sure had to, to, to do a double take here. The most goals in a season by a Leafs center in the history of the franchise. The history of the whole franchise, Nick. By a centerman. Doesn't that blow your mind? The guy steps in year one and blows away the goal scoring record for centermen? Are you crazy? That's that's insane. Think of how long this this team has been operating. That that that's unbelievable. Well, at any year, I mean, fifty is a is a very hard number to crack. Let's not forget that fifty is a very very rarely will players get to fifty. And the fact that this guy is almost there at what is it forty six or forty seven at this point? He's got forty seven um, now. Yeah, forty seven. I mean, he's he's almost there. I'd, I'm 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 not too surprised to be honest with you. That that's an elusive number. Not a lot of guys can reach that. But even like going through the the entire 80s and that whole like high scoring, you know, era. I guess have a yeah. single 50 I mean, goal yeah, centerman. Yeah. It's crazy. They did they did score more back then, so we're talking about that's something to think about. Guys putting up 180 points. Gretzky, I mean, but still, that's a lot of points. That's a high-scoring league. It's 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 still this stat blows my mind, for sure. But, anyways, Nick, I I gotta stir the pot on one more team. I know, uh, not a lot of people are talking about this, but I heard some rumblings on the radio today on overdrive on my on my way home, and I thought, you know what, that's that's maybe an interesting story that people aren't really really looking at here. And I, I think something is brewing behind the scenes that's bigger than we realize on the Winnipeg Jets. So, basically, the way they summed it up was the Overdrive boys were hinting at some dressing room issues. They said there, there's a specific reason why they went out and got Matt Hendricks, that it was a quiet deal. The la- at the in the very last minute of the trade deadline, they they went and got him for a reason, Nick. Now, uh, there, if you look at the team, the last twenty five games, Winnipeg has basically been a bottom half of the league team in many respects on ma- on many fronts, goals, goals against, all this kinds of stuff. Their season's been very up and down, all over the place. Uh, and they were actually my cup pick early in the year. And I just got to ask, what what could be wrong with this team? And and do you still have the same faith that you had earlier in the year that this is a a legitimate contender here? Because uh, I don't know, like it it's been all over the place, and it's hard for me personally to really put my confidence in this team come bracket time. Well, the real I I've actually never <laughs> been confident in the team come bracket time. I you know me, I've never been high on. You've always been the one to convince me that this is a good hockey team. But why? Every, I know they're a good hockey team, but I've never thought they've been a great hockey team, and and I've never understood why pundits consistently pick them to be to be a to be a 
cup contender. They're a great team. I, I don't. I just don't think they're in the class of other teams in the show. That's wild. I I've never never have. I've never been high on them. But regardless, if there is something to read into why they have been kind of, you know, tre- tre- you know, treading water here is you know, let's face it, they've had some tough injuries. Lots of people say Josh Morrissey is the best defenseman on that team. Mm-hmm. He is the Victor Headman of the Winnipeg Jets. Mm. That's what some people have said. Maybe and just Morgan going Riley. off that rationale, going off that rationale, if you're losing that man for two months, that's going to hurt your record. That's going to hurt your team. Mm. Not to mention, you lose Big Buff for an extended period of time, which they did. I know he's back now, but you lose your top top two defenders for a long time. You're going to take a hit. There's going to you're not going to run away with first place, which has been the case here. They just they've they've kind of been middling at 500, and and now St. Louis and Nashville have caught up to them for that first seed in the Central. Um, so I, I think the injuries are a big play here. Nikolai Ehlers, you lost a lot of time with him. Uh, you added, uh, you added the, the, the centerman, uh, what's his face? Uh, Kevin Hayes, Kevin Hayes, you added Kevin Hayes. That hasn't really been an instantaneous fit. Is, is that kind of one of those deals like Duchesne where the guy just doesn't fit? You need more time for him to get acclimatized where he's not just, he's just not used to his wingers. I mean, I, I can't really say him and Ehlers have great chemistry. Can you confidently say they're going to beat St. Louis or Nashville? Oh. E- not right now. <laughs> there you go. I don't I don't know what to say there. I mean, I'd love to say that they they beat those teams, but I just I don't know if I can see it. Those those I mean, St. Louis is the hottest of the bunch. L- let's 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 get Scary that out of the team. way. Very scary team, especially if young Bennington can keep going how mm-hmm. he's going. Uh, and then Nashville's Nashville. They've been quiet, but they can they can surprise you. Who 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 knows? But I know. Well, put it this way: as a St. Louis fan, who would you rather play? Of Nashville and Winnipeg, or or Dallas? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Nashville, Winnipeg. I think I'd rather play Winnipeg. Wow. Given all these guys are ice cold. You look at down the board. Wheeler, one goal in 10 games. Shifley, one goal in 10 games. Ehlers, one goal in 10 games. It's just cold. Line A, cold. Cold, oh. cold, cold. Line A has been cold all fucking year. Yeah, all year he can't find his stride. But they're so built for the playoffs, though. Like, this team, like, you saw Shifley last year, how amazing he was to lead himself lead the team into the west and you got big guys like kevin hayes the goalie, Blake Wheeler. The goalie doesn't give me confidence Come i I, I have more confidence in pekka Rene than connor hellebuck at this stage at the, in their career i i don't think i want to deal with Rene, but i'll happily take on hellebuck well he's been off and on but he did win he's a the... young goalie just like bennington i'll take my chances all right fair i'm i i still think uh, winnipeg makes it out of that division but I mean, St. Louis is just so scary these days, and it bu- it bugs me to the core. Oh, I know it does. You're not a fan of that team. No, I'm not. No. But it is what it is. Like, for once, you're realizing Nick might be right, and, and that, that troubles you. No. <laughs> what? That doesn't trouble me. Of course it troubles you. Well, I did, I did say St. Louis was going to be long gone. Nick's Cinderella team might, no, might, no, might no. make some damage here. And and that troubles you. 
You know what, Nick? So part of me really wishes that somehow Colorado could face St. Louis, and mm. we we would just battle every single time they played. I would come over with my jersey on, right. and we'd have a little battle every single game. Right. That'd be amazing. It would be. Doesn't look it, like it's gonna happen. It's but probably it not gonna happen unless they no. both <laughs> unless they both win right out through their their finals in the in the West, which is let's be honest, it's it's a far cry from what's gonna happen. Right. But you want to get into the awards here, last segment? Sure, yeah, we got a we got a we got a lot to cover here, so let's go with the awards. No, it's not that much. I mean there's a good ten awards here, right? Yeah, ten awards, but they don't have that much uh de- let's let's be honest. There's not that much debate for most of these. Alright, let's get into it. We'll let's find out. So who wants to go first? Uh you wanna go all of our awards in one take or you wanna take you wanna go one v one here? Oh, let's go one v one. Okay. Yeah, it's better. One v one. Where do you want to start? Top to bottom or bottom to top? Bottom to top. Let's go shitty first. Bottom to then, top. Yeah. Then again, yeah, let's just do it that way. All right. Where are we going here? GM of the year. GM of the year. Oh, mine's so off the board. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. Our good pal, Mark. No. Bar- <laughs> No. And why not? You look at all the moves. You look at the Max Domi trade. I was listening to TSN radio <laughs> today. They said that trade, Max Domi for Alex Galchenyuk, is among the most one-sided NHL deals in the past decade. Who said that? And, and I, oh, they were just saying this on Montreal radio. Oh. They, they didn't say the past decade part, but I'm just, I'm looking into my hockey memory, which is pretty fresh the last decade. And I'm like, that's a pretty one-sided deal. I mean, uh, that that's a great deal for Bergevin and a terrible deal for Arizona so far. Mm. The guy the guy is going to score 30 goals this year. And, and and he only had 9 goals in his previous two 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 years. It's amazing. Oh, unreal. You, 72 you look points. At, you look at trades like Nate Thompson, a guy I called out in LA is is being washed up and have having no future in the NHL whatsoever. And and now, now look at him. He he goes to Canada, plays for this for this reinvigorated fan base this reinvigorated team and he slots right in i mean mm-hmm. it, it, it's just been move after move that the the guys on defense the guys who've come in to help out on, on that side too kulaks the kulaks of the world um i mean it's just it's just it, it, it's it's a pleasure to watch nick <clears throat> i can't help but agree with you gm of the year mark bergevin i've got the same pick for the same reasons he just he's he's made these trades who at the at the time people were criticizing but let's be serious people were thomas not tatar. happy thomas tatar there you go and it's he had a great game last night and then you look at the drafting he he kind of went out on on a limb to pick uh, Kotkaniemi, some Kot would Kinemi. say and and you know what i think it's a great pick and everyone in montreal loves the pick he love they love the guy he's awesome so mark bergevin has really and we, you know what we have to do is we have to change our theme song. Like I, th- I think maybe once you get home, we sing a different tune because we, right. we we threw some shade at him on the on the the theme song there, and he's he's yep. done nothing but no throw sand deserved. in the face. Yeah, we're, we're we changed, we blew that. He's he's changed his whole perception. The way you look at him, like a year ago, I was looking at that photo with Alan Walsh, him and Max Pacioretty, right? And I saw like a devil. I saw like a oh villain. My- Oh my nobody God. likes that's who i saw with shredded biceps that's who i saw <laughs> and now when i see him i'm like this is a changed man this guy like you said he's been baptized baptized 
and 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 it's it's just amazing to see that the change in character here wow all right jack adams coach of the year who do you got this one's tough it is it's this one's tough. tough this one's very tough um but i think you have to go with barry trotz Wow! 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 My candidate. The the reason it's tough is because I'd love to give it to Baruby, my boy Baruby in St. Louis. No, but the reality is, I mean, the team around him it was already talented from the get go. I think it says more about just how shitty a coach Mike Yo was than how great a coach Craig Baruby is. You know, he's already surrounded by a talented cast. You only have to do so much. Same can go for John Cooper. Yes, it's historic, the run they've been on in Tampa, but it is still a all-around great team around him. I could coach that team. Um, I don't so, know about that. Come on, come on. I could just cross my arms every game and we'd win, you know, we'd win at least 45 games and get into the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Anyways, Barry Trotz suppresses goal suppression down to number one in the league, best goals against. You go from last to first in that department. I mean, that's coaching one you you look at just you look at trends you look at hockey numbers to evaluate a coaching staff that's the number one thing you look at numbers like that how you change your goals against average and it's not like they have a better goalie all of a sudden it's not like they have better personnel all of a sudden hell it's it's worse you're missing Tavares if anything you guys should be shittier but he's he's totally ridden the script there and and gotten his act together and and the team is is the best defensive team in hockey he has solidified his spot as one of the best defensive coaches in the in the league and and it's paid off now, and they're going to make the playoffs. You know, I so badly wanted to pick Barry Trotz, but I sometimes you have to honor greatness. And I know the team's good. I know that the roster's phenomenal. But there's something to be said for keeping the team so consistent and and keeping the focus on. Such I can't a believe you're doing level. this. I have to do it, Nick. He's your he's your least favorite person in in the NHL. I hate John Cooper, but I think he is a fantastic coach in this <laughs> in this scenario. And I don't like you know I don't like what he did with Drewan. But let's, I think let's, you love this man. I think low key you love no, this man. No, I you know what though I I've always respected his coaching. I've just never you agreed always with have. Him. Never agreed with it, but I remember. I remember first year you ran into my room and you're like, "Here are my here are my predictions for trophy award winners. John Cooper's winning Coach of the Year." And I'm like, "What the fuck do you know about John Cooper? Like, how can you just make that call? Well, how do you how the hell do you predict Coach of the Year? Like that is like what the fuck goes into that? I don't even think that really happened. Did I? <laughs> it did." <laughs> You came jumping into my room and you're like, John Cooper's winning coach of the year. <laughs> what? But it just doesn't make sense. Like, it, it, well, it wouldn't Durant make that sense. Year. That, was well, that, that, was the, that was the year you were going to watch all their games and you were yeah, totally I know, a Tampa but fan. Right? I, I wouldn't just run into your room with, with just that information. Like, no, I must no, have had, had other whole, things You had to your say. whole trophy lit. Okay, and, there and you go. You, and you spewed off John Cooper. I'm like, that's a stupid pick. <laughs> but here we are and now he's the best coach in the league. He's the best coach. Like we, know. we're talking about one of the best teams since. Well, no one's gotten sixty wins since the look like the eighties Red Wings or the nineties Red Wings or something. I mean, it, it should be said like Barry Trotz. I really wanted to pick him because like the stats, it's right in your face. Like from the worst defensive team to the best, and that's fantastic. 
But another th- another nod has to be given to just consistent greatness. Now, I, I know you say you could coach the team, but I mean, this ro- it, the roster's amazing, but there's no way they get to 60 wins with any old Joe coaching this team. Th- this guy's been pushing the buttons on certain guys. I mean, he got Kucherov to blow up to historic. Just these numbers are crazy. He's like two assists away from having the most assists by a winger, period. Like, what the hell, man? Period. Like, uh, the most assists by a winger ever? Come on. That's insane. This guy has just made this team into a, a machine, and it's, like, it's unbelievable. So I got to give it to John Cooper. UBU. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna doubt what you're saying. I love the guy. I. I, I practically. I want to be John Cooper in, in oh ten years God. from now. But in, but in every aspect is, of life, I think. What? What's that? In every aspect of life. In every aspect of life, correct. Nice. And uh, him and Pierre Maguire. Him and Pierre Maguire. Oh yeah, just a mix a, between a mix. the two. Yeah, yeah, some some kind of mix. Yeah. Um. And anyways. Uh. Yeah. No. I. I'm shocked to hear that. I can't disagree with it too much, but mm. I ultimately, if I got to pick one and two, I go Trotzy, just because mm-hmm. that team in front of him was absolute horseshit last year. Yep, 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 yep. I can't, I can't disagree with that either. But mm. uh, the I think was a Bill Masterton Trophy for mm-hmm. perseverance, sports. You want me to take the show floor here? Dedication. Sure, we've got the okay. same answer. So Kyle, so basically, long story short, Kyle has nothing to contribute on this on this conversation. Zero. Right, he's, he even said before the show, "What do I know about a player and their perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication? How do I evaluate that? Just watching the the odd game on Game Center every night? Am I right?" Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I do. I do a bit more than watch Game Center, you know. <laughs> Anyways, basically, from what I'm getting from the hockey community, is one man's going to receive this award, given his his story. And, and it's going to be much celebrated the night they give this award away. And that's Robin Leaner, Leonard, out of, uh, out of Long Island. And uh, the reality is this man had a, had a very uh, dark past. As much as we like to be comedic on the show, I mean, this, this is a story that, in my opinion, transcends beyond hockey, beyond sports, and just is just a good life story in general. And, and the reality is this was an alcoholic, a guy who'd come home after every game and drink a whole two for a beer who uh, was bipolar, who considered suicide at some point, um, who had a family, young kids, and who was going through a very rough time in his life. And all of a sudden, he he made some calls. He opened up to some friends of his, got some help, went to a community center in, in Arizona this past summer, spent the whole summer there uh, re- repairing his mindset and, and repairing his life. And, you know... A team had faith in him after all of that. Lou Lamorella reached out to him and said, Robin, we, we, we think you, you can be our goalie. And he admired that, that a team was going to give him a chance after his history and, and the way his life was trending. And ultimately what's happened is, is the best 360 of any individual in, in the game. Um, and it, this story is admirable. He, is, he has turned into a Vezina caliber goalie this year. You may not think he's a great goalie, but the reality is this year, you look at the numbers, as good as any goalie in the league. And uh, I just couldn't think of a better candidate to win this award. I got a better one for you. Jonathan Drouin. You're fucked up. 
he goes through the most mental turmoil, <laughs> and he still appears in McDonald's oh, commercials. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't really battle that one. Mm. I, I seriously right. think he's got a shot to win this award. I'm not even going to debate this with you. That's Lady, how ridiculous that take is. Lady Bing. <laughs> Lady Bing. Mm, tough, tough call. Who's the biggest bitch in the league? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it no. sounds like a bitchy award. I know. Lady Bing. It's stupid. Who wants it... to be called the Lady Bing? This is the worst award in, in, in the whole thing, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with... Uh... <clears throat> Don't. Okay. What no, you, you can go. I'm gonna go Alex Barkov. Ah, oh. I just I I mean I to me it it has no. it goes to a guy who's kind of un unheralded, uncelebrated, kind of unappreciated. You know, I was I was reading about that NHL player poll the other the other week, and it was like most underrated player nobody knows about, and and it's Barkov, and and then I count in, I look at the fact he's been considered for this award in the past. Um, apparently is a good sportsmanship kind of guy. So I, I look at the te- the fact his team's kind of out of it, but he, he played the whole year, you know, had another great season for an uncontending team. Uh, the penalty minutes are low, I presume. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll just go Barkov. I mean, this is about as, as unconfident I am in any of these award picks, but I'm just going to go Barkov. Hmm. Brad Marchand. No. No, no, no. Okay. No, I had Barkov as well, to be honest. And yeah, again, okay. didn't do a ton of research. You know, I didn't mm. look up penalty minutes or anything like that. I just yep. know he's perennially a contender mm-hmm. for this award. And, uh, you know, he's not enough people sing his praises. And he is excellent two-way guy. Uh, d- doesn't really do anything dirty. You know, it seems like a very soft-spoken, quiet leader. So I think that he deserves this this kind of recognition, and I'm not a uh, I'm not opposed to giving it to him. So Lady Bing Barkov. Now we might have some we might have some contention on this next one because I'm going off the board here, Nick, on the Selkie Selkie oh Award. You're not gonna like this. You want me to go first here? Sure. Bring <clears> it on. First time award winner of the Selkie Trophy. For best defensive forward in the NHL, Sidney Crosby. Ooh, Sidney Crosby. And yet, he's he has been considered for this award in the past. He is getting his name brought up in this year. And uh, you know what? The couple times I've watched him in this year, I've watched him a few times, and uh, he's he's really rounded out his game as he's aged, Nick. I mean, he's a far cry from the guy who was terrible on face-offs way back when he was young and focused mostly on offense. This guy's very, very, very well trusted in his own zone, and uh, he's an excellent face-off guy. Uh, you can see him killing penalties every so often out there, and uh, you know what? He He's great. He's good hard on his stick. He, he's good on his assignments, and I think there's just no reason why you can't consider this guy for this award, and... You know what? Uh, I'm I'm fully confident in giving the Selkie to Crosby. He's he deserves it one year in his career. I think this could be the year. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna like my take, and you're not gonna be surprised by it. But uh, that's Ryan O'Reilly. 
and and I've been on this I've been on this bandwagon or no sorry I'm not going to say that I've been leading this train since the start of the year since no, watching the, the first game of the Blues I looked at this player and I'm like how did this guy get traded how is this guy on the market this guy is an indispensable part of any team as Pierre said this morning you know I I said last year he called Shifley the best player in the league nobody knows about Pierre said that last year he said that about Shifley okay. This year, he said O'Reilly is the best player in the league nobody knows about. Huh. And, and I think there's started. merit to that. If you don't watch these games, you don't see the two-way game he plays. He's got the best matchup every night to play against. He he, he scores goals. He, he back checks. He plays both ways. You saw that. You know, I look, when I have just one memory in my mind, it's that play against the Leafs where he strips the Leafs guy of the puck in the defensive zone, trails up the ice, and snaps one top corner on Freddie Anderson to win the game in overtime. And and that's just one of his overtime winners. There was that one I showed you about Colorado earlier in the year. I mean, this guy is he's got the hardest job on the team every single night and and he comes to play every single night. He's just so consistent with his approach every game. He just he's consistently good. He seldomly has a poor night in any respect of the game. You look at the faceoffs, that's a huge part of this game. I know Sid can't can't compete with him on that front. Um, he's he's winning faceoffs at a immaculate clip, both in the offensive and defensive zone. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge statistician, but I know the the analytic numbers can back it up based on what I've read on the on the athletic and those experts. Uh, this is the easiest pick of any award for me. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly will indefinitely win the Selkie Trophy. I like your enthusiasm, Nick, but we're both wrong. Why is that? This trophy belongs to one man and one man only, and that's Patrice Bergeron. Oh, shut up. You missed so much of the year. You're going to win that award? Shut up. He's going to win? It's it's his shut award. Up. They're going to rename this award. I shut up. They will, in 10 years, when he's They retired, may as well, yeah. But they will rename this, this award. Come on. Come on. He is the best defensive Martin forward in, in, the, in the entire game. All if right. he had played Simmer at least down. 70 games, it would be a shoo-in. So you All know right. what? Maybe he won't win it. Maybe it'll be Crosby. I don't think it'll be O'Reilly, but it's this is Bergeron's award. Now, the next one here, Nick, Calder Trophy. Do we even need to say anything? Does this garner any debate? Depends where you're going with this. Oh, my. Don't you dare bring up young Benny. Young Ben Bennington. Do not bring up young Benny. Okay, here's my take. Here's my take. Jesus this guy Christ. came out of nowhere. I remember having a conversation with you in January. We were recording this on a lowly cold Friday night in January. And and I mentioned this Binnington guy. You're like, "Who? Who who's that?" This guy was this guy was 1% owned in Yahoo leagues when I picked him up. Like he literally came out of nowhere. He came from being an AHL goalie in San Antonio. And now I'm just going to list off some numbers for you, okay? This is goaltending leaders in the NHL for rookies goals against average jordan binnington 185 the next best goalie mackenzie blackwood 259 that's the margin you want to know what carter hearts is 277 that's almost a whole goal higher than young binnington save percentage (laughs) binnington 928 the next best carter hart 919 so you want to talk about oh binnington's on a better defensive team well, it doesn't matter. He's he's better than Hart at a clip at .10 at save percentage. Wins, 
22 for Bennington, 16 for Hart. Shutout, 5 for Young Bennington. Only 2 Oh, Mark. So, to me, the margin here, it, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Nick, listen. Hey, old numbers for Kitty. What? And the reality. Oh. Very mess. And, and they were not going to. Oh, boy. The team on his back. This team, team was last. Had Jake Allen the worst goalie next to Garrett Sparks in the entire NHL. And without Bennington, they'd be right back there with Jake leading in the crease. So you look at all that, the numbers and how indispensable that rookie is to your team. Young Bennington should be the Vezina winner. I don't think he'll win because I think they're going to read into the fact he's only played half the year, but he he should. Hello? Oh, man. I was feeling that, but you were chopping up like take? crazy. Chopping? Yeah, you went you went cold like for a long time in there. Oh my god, what's I going know. on with the internet? I know it's bad. I gotta We're... restart now. Uh. Okay, I'm gonna restart. Okay. <laughs> All right, Young Bennington, Jordan <laughs> Bennington is my rookie of the year. Okay, you look at the numbers. I'm just call their trophy. Yeah, call their. Young Bennington's my pick. You look at the numbers. <laughs> GAA, 185. Kyle, the next best rookie goalie, Mackenzie Blackwood, 259. Jordan Bennington, save percentage, 928. The next best, Carter Hart, 919. Wins, 22 for Bennington, 16 for Hart. Shutouts, 5 for... Goalies by a wide margin and all those stats... And not only that, he is an indispensable part to this team. They were bottomed out. They were last place. They were riding the bandwagon of Jake Allen. Jake was not leading them anywhere, and they needed a leader to step to the crease, and that was young Bennington. (laughs) And since then, he's led his team to a playoff spot and what might very well be number one spot in the Central Division. This kid is exceptional. I don't care how good the team is in front of him. They still need a quality goaltender to be there, and he's been there each and every night. Young Bennington should be the Vezina Trophy winner. Exceptional status, Young Bennington. Young Bennington. Like I said, 1% owned in Yahoo Leagues when I picked him up, and he led me to a fantasy championship. (laughs) Nick, listen. (laughs) You know, it's not like, it's not, the Calder isn't best rookie goaltender, you know. I know you you can't just compare him to Blackwood and, and Carter. Elias Pedersen's team is dog shit. No. He's not led them anywhere. They are not going to make the playoffs. They're done. Listen. Cahoots. No, 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 no. Listen. Listen close. I just looked it up. You know young Bennington? He's not that young, Nick. He's 25. He's about eight months away from not even being eligible for this trophy. The cutoff is 26 years old. He's 25. Elias Pettersson came into the league at 19. And after this season, you know what he's shown us? After this season, he's been so good, so electric, that we can all pencil him in as a top 10 player for the next 15 years in this league. That's what that's what Elias Pettersson has done. Now, I know Bennington, young Bennington, has done a lot for his team. Pedersen has changed the league. This guy, this guy's going to be a perennial star. So I don't. There's just no competition here. 
Now, Bennington, you know, he's 25 years old. Great story. AHL rambler for a long time. But Pedersen has come in, and he's going to be the next great Swede. So I think there's just no competition here. Zero. None. Again, I, no, I, I, I think El- Pedersen's going to win this year because they're going to say he put together a whole year. I know he had a few injuries, but pretty much played a whole year. Bennington only played half the year. We're going to see what Elias did. He's going to win the award. I just I I as the goaltender who plays goalie on a night to night basis who realizes that the tough position that it is I look at this kid's numbers he's still young I don't care what you say 25 is young in this league um it, it's it's amazing it's it's breathtaking I would say uh, I don't know man like I I can't he, he doesn't even have a brighter the rigors Kyle the rigors of jumping into that market that tough market where the fans will crush you it's if not you don't tough perform. it's not tough it's not Montreal. St. Louis they're expected to win every year they went in oh, with huge expectations to win to win the Stanley Cup and and Jake Allen can't do it and they bring this kid in and he writes the ship it's an amazing story sure it's an amazing story but like I mean, Carter Hart's got a better future than young Bennington. I mean, he 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 had a good year, you know, but it's not like he's he doesn't have the numbers to back it up. He's twenty. He's twenty years old. Too bad. He's, he's, he's a got real a rookie. GAA. He's a. This is his first year playing pro. Period. This. He's a real rookie. Like Bennington's not really a rookie. He's been dicking around in the AHL for six years. He's not a real. He's not a real rookie. He's just an old man. Again, that just I don't think these it. voters look at that. I think they just they see who a goalie is. Or they see what who the rookies are, who the eligible rookies are. They see the underlying numbers, how much of an asset they were to their team, and it's Bennington. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, all right. We'll move on Let's to the. Vez- on. Why don't you give them the Vesna as well? Uh, this one's tough. <laughs> this one's very tough. It's um because because I I think you could have made a case for Flurry you know all year mm-hmm. until he got injured. No, I think you pump Flurry's tires too much simply because uh, I, I made know. a trade. He, he he had a case. No um, no 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 no. Ever I mean, ever since I made that trade, you you've like bought a Flurry jersey. You become a fan. Like you've been an ass mm-hmm. about it all year. Honestly, ah. Uh, uh, it's tough because it's a two two horse race here. I think we can all agree on that. And again, I like to read into who is most indispensable to their team. Mm. And and to me, to me, that's Frederick Anderson. Oh I no, no, th- I think no, he sh- no, no. He should win the Vezina trophy because for every Leaf game I've watched, and I've watched every Leaf game. Oh no. The story the story is they get outshot every night. They get out they get outchanced every night. They happen to score three or four skilled goals with their studs leading the way. And they win the game because this guy, Frederick Anderson, is guarding the crease. That's the recipe of every Leafs game. I know they have to write the ship for the playoffs, but to this point, that's been the recipe of their game. And this Anderson guy, with the exception of this month in March, has been amazing each and every night. He just doesn't give up odorous goals. And I know Vasilevsky, you look at the numbers, he's got the better numbers, but he's got the better team in front of him. Look at his defense core. Hedman, Strawman, Girardi, McDonough. Sergachev. I mean, it's stud, 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 stud. Nope, and the nope, Leafs nope, have nope. the Leafs have Dick all on the back end. They've got they've got Morgan Riley, and that's it. And Freddie's kept them in the race all year, and I think he should get the Vezina Trophy. 
What, so Muzzin doesn't count anymore, huh? You don't like Muzzin anymore? Well, because what? They've had him for, uh, what, 15, 20 games? Well, I'll tell you what happened, Nick. I You can't give the, the Vesna to Freddie because he's disappeared this entire, the last whole month. Like, oh you, you can't you can't just disappear. Okay, and Vasilevsky did it disappear for 20 games when he missed time with his injury? What you have to realize is there's a recency bias to these awards. Oh, and, simmer down. And Freddie will never win this so award. So Bennington's going to win goalie of rookie of the year if there's a no, recency like, bias. You have to hold, Your methodology have, is flawed. You're I'm not saying, saying it's a good... recency bias for one award but not the other? Come on. Nick, listen, no one's looking at Jordan Bennington, young Benny. They're not looking at him for for the... Well, they might look at him for the Calder, but listen... It's going to be Vasilevsky's award because sim- simple and plain, he's got the best numbers. He's been consistent. When Toronto faces uh, Tampa Bay, he's the guy that shuts them down. We we look back at that one game and it's just like it was all Vasilevsky. At the end of the day, it's a great team in Tampa Bay, but at the same time, they've got a great goaltender. And you shouldn't be hampered. You shouldn't have an award taken away from you because you have a great team in front of you. And uh, I just think that the way Freddie has shit the bed and the way Freddie has lost his mojo, his mind, his his confidence is going to look bad on his voting ballot. So that's why I got to go Vasilevsky. Hey, UBU, I just I see he sat out a number of games with the injury. I think I think games started counts a lot in this in this in this league and uh, as well as the team in front of you. But I digress. Let's move on here. Yeah, we're getting we're getting up there in time. We're getting eh? late. I told you this I was know. gonna take a while. Fuck nine twenty. Your your squash ball is not. Uh... Yeah, anyway, late for my match. Let's let's fly through these Norris. Best defense. Norris Trophy. Um, I'm gonna go with. This is very difficult. This is very difficult. Meh, it's not that difficult. Uh, it's very difficult. I'll go with Mark Giordano. I I came very close to picking Morgan Riley for this award. You're a homer. I I've seen blemishes in his game, and uh, I I just think Giordano stabilizing presence on that blue line. We talked about the goal suppression. They've done a great job. He's the leader there. He's their captain. I mean, you look at what he does on the power play, what he does on the PK. He puts together a whole 82 games. We heard we heard Drew Doughty tooting his horn when Drew Doughty's compliment, complimenting a player. You know he means it. Um, <laughs> it to, to me, it's Giordano. I will concur. Giordano, he just does it all. He's not just an offensive guy, though he does have over 70 points. Uh, yeah, he just let's uh, let's not dwell on it. He's he's a, he's been awesome. It's a breakout year for him, and good for him. Uh, Ted Lindsay. Greatest player in the league as voted on by the players. This is tough too. Because it's tough. so like what do these players value? Do they value points or do they value like who takes your breath away, you know? If I was voting, I'd vote for who takes my breath away, you know? Well, let's let's frame it like this. If you're you're a player and you're going up against this guy, you know you're gonna have your hands full or you're getting like the whole the whole game plan is based around shutting this one guy down yeah i mean these last two awards outstanding and mvp i i could go with the same name in both respects that that's where i could go here but i'm gonna not do that sure 
So I'm going to go for the route where I take a different pick. Last year was McDavid and Hall. They split it up. So I'm just going to say they're going to split it up this time. And that being the case, I'm going to go Nathan McKinnon as your most outstanding player. Wow, 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 wow. Kyle, no I, was way. This, I, I was thinking about this the other day when he no scored way. that goal against Edmonton. When, when you liked that goal, eh? Oh, I loved it. What, Kyle, watching that Breathtaking. goal... Okay, so if you just get Joe Schmo hockey fan, I thought about this the other day. Oh, right? I'm and so I, happy. If you if you just take Will and situate him at a television, yeah, and yeah, you have yeah. him watch all these players in the show, right? All these forwards, sorry, forwards, and 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 he watches all these guys. He doesn't know anything about hockey, you know, but he just watches them. I think the parity in the league is so tight, not only from a team perspective, but from players who can skate, shoot, play, make. You, there's so much parity for just the average Joe Schmo who's watching the game. All these players look so identical. Yes, some are better than others and stand out better than others. But for the most part, there's there's lots of parity there. But when you there's two players in the league, forwards in the league, that to me, they just leap bounds above everyone else. They look different. They look like they're from a different planet, the way they play the game. And that's Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. Agreed. That, that's just my take. And, and to me, McKinnon, what he's done this year on that team, he's stayed healthy the whole year despite his line mates not doing the same thing. The goals he scores, the way he plays, how he's willed his team to a playoff spot here seemingly in the last week of the season. To me, it's Nathan McKinnon. I leap off my seat when I watch this player play. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that. And uh, surprisingly, Nick, I have a different answer. Which... Uh... I will say this again. I've said it a couple minutes ago. This trophy will be renamed after this player. And we all know where I'm going with this. Connor McDavid is likely going to win this award every single year until something crazy happens. I mean, he's, he's crushed his previous career high. He's got like 117 points or something like that, despite playing on Edmonton. And I, I know he plays with uh, with Drysidle, and Drysidle's having a great year too. He's got over a hundred as well. But uh, I mean, there's no way Drysidle has over a hundred if if it's not for Connor. And and despite having such a shitty team and and being on this sad negative environment, Connor just he pushes the he he pushes this game into places we've never seen. And you're right; these two players, they just. They look otherworldly. They just the way they move their hands, the way they they move their feet. It's it's unbelievable to watch, and uh, and it's going to be these two coming down as you know, good uh, pioneers of the game in terms of what we can do with uh, skill levels and all that kind of stuff. So to me, it's still Connor McDavid for the Ted Lindsay. I think people are going to pay him the respect, and they're going to see how sad he is not making the playoffs, and they're going to give him the award. That's just what's going to happen. He's been outstanding this year. So I'll give that one to Connor. No, and I can't complain because, like I said, I cited two players that, to me, make me leap out of my seat. And those are the two guys. So I Mm -hmm. picked one, you picked the other. And and, and I didn't even cite this. That goal against Edmonton was great. How about that shootout move against Arizona? That one I sent you, that's a goal you dream about every night you could pull off on Nick. Oh, my God. If you came in and tried to do that on me, you'd you'd lose the puck on, like, your third handle. Oh, you absolutely! Know? Like absolutely, the, w- the way he pulls it back to fake the shot, I was like, "How? I how love, did he do that with such such I love grace?" His approach. He he goes into every shootout move without like I feel like he just doesn't go in with a plan. He just puts in these amazing hands, these moves, sees what he's going to do, reads the goalie, and just 
bam, makes an instantaneous instantaneous decision and, mm. and just mucked Darcy Kemper. Oh, it was the thing of beauty. But Of course, he tried to do the same thing against young Binington oh, the following sh- night, and Binington st- stoned him. Whatever. So, Whatever. Yet another more evidence for Binnington to win the Calder. But we haven't talked about McDavid's between-the-legs goal. Like, that that's probably the goal of the year. That was nice. Oh, it was unbelievable. The guy just, without even, like, thinking twice about it, pulls it up and just tucks it top corner. It's unbelievable. All right, moving on. The heart. The heart trophy. MVP. Um, I mean, to me, I look at the numbers. I look at the team where it's situated. I look at their historic run. And I see a young Russian by the name of Nikita Kucherov with 125 points. The last time I saw like 125 points, that's mind-boggling. How do you score 125 points? That's like like 1980s. Like what's going on here? This isn't a video game. This isn't NHL 19. What gives? I mean, this guy, he's he's sensational. I I might have had him for the... uh, for the, uh, the the most outstanding player, but I'm going to go MVP just because his team is the best team in the league. He's the leading scorer in the league. Um, I just I just like this pick. Mm. No complaints, Nick. I mean, we could, we weren't going to give him nothing, were we? <laughs> other no. than other than the scoring the scoring leader, like this guy. Yeah, I I I can't believe what I what I'm seeing statistically. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll be honest. I watch him and I. And I I, he doesn't jump out to me. Like, you ever get that where you're watching Tampa and you're yeah, like... Yeah, well, I was just about to say, he doesn't have that flash of McDavid and McKinnon, especially no. just skating up the ice. But but he has a quiet way of really showing his talent. Like, nifty little passes, nifty little ways he corrals the puck and will just make a move in the offensive zone. Uh, power play, you could argue he's the best power play player in the league. I think yeah. there's merit to that argument. Yeah. Um. The the guy's just nifty. He's just sneaky, sneaky mm-hmm. good. And and I that's the best way to sum him up. Sum up. Maybe he doesn't come off the screen to your to your Joe Schmo fan like a will. But when you really watch the game closely, he just he's just nifty. Um. This this guy's gonna win the MVP. Mm. Hockey sense off the charts. That's that's what it mm-hmm. comes down to. He just recognizes when to do things where things open up and he, he he's a guy that seems to have eyes in the back of his head i mean 80 85 assists fuck can't 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 believe it can't believe it but that wraps up awards ceremony night nick now of course there's going to be awards that are given out you know that we uh, we can't really speak for because it's you know point leaders goal leaders all that kind of crap so we don't have to report on that uh and then, gosh we should uh, we should really wrap up here so I'll give you a quick summary of what what uh, what to look for this coming week, and uh, and then we'll end it there. We've got the draft lottery on April 9th, which is the Tuesday right before the start of the playoffs, which I think is really smart. Uh, you got tons of hockey coverage. We we're going to have playoff brackets, predictions, uh, CHL playoffs are still rolling. That that's going well so far. Um, mock drafts coming up. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a Rink Moose special, of course, with our playoff previews. Uh, we'll, we'll have you guys covered. It's going to be a hell of an episode next week because I don't know how we're going to fit it all in, to be honest. There's just a million things to put in there. But, I mean, here we go, Nick. This is what we've been waiting for all year long. And uh, it's going to be outstanding. And, and we're going to have a clear picture on 
Saturday. Saturday night is the last night in the NHL regular season. So we're fired up. Big time. Yeah, all the number crunching will go down after that Saturday. All the matchups will be set. Um, yep. Just looking at the outset, I can't think of a playoffs I've been more excited for in a while. Just looking mm. at what potential matchups could be in play. I mean, every year I feel like there's one or two or three that are kind of meh that you kind of sleep on. But but this year, I mean, there may only be one, maybe two like that based on where things are trending. So I'm super excited. I, I'm hoping I could put together a better bracket than you finally. I, I, I've scru- stru- struggled to do that the past five years, but hopefully I get some luck this year. Never going to happen. We'll see. Maybe this is the Cinderella year, Kyle. Maybe. <laughs> on that note, Nick... It's been a pleasure to serve you all from Rink Moose to Canada, USA, and Newfoundland. This is Kyle. I'm with my friend Nick. And this is Rink Moose signing off. <laughs>